the Age of Plastic podcast, an environmental podcast hosted by me, Andrea Fox, just your average consumer trying to do better but not really doing anything perfectly. The Age of Plastic podcast is all about uh, doing this living thing more sustainably because, you know, climate change. We chat to interesting guests and give you an eco life hack every single episode and today's guest joins me from Malawi. Uh, first up, just a quick mention, last episode, how lovely it was Victoria from Alpaca Coffee saying the letters BS and then apologising for swearing. I missed it. <laughs> if you want to go and check out last week's episode, Victoria talks all about sustainable plastic-free coffee, if that's your bag. Uh, make sure you check out the last episode. And shout out to Charlie from Plastic Free online store Life Before Plastic with a K on Insta, who messaged me to say they were enjoying the podcast and they also are stocking Alpaca Coffee. Before we get on to today's guest, if you have a suggestion, comments, or you want to get in touch, head to my website, iamandreafox.co.uk. Follow us on Instagram, Age of Plastic Podcast, where we chat about topics raised on the podcast. I'm also on Hello, I Am Andrea Fox, talking more about my day job. And I'm on Twitter, Andrea underscore Fox. Okay, what's your local recycling like? Do you know what you can and you can't recycle in your area? Back in the day, when people in the UK had no litter or recycling collection, people would bury their trash in the back garden, which is why you might have found some old glass jars or clay pots if you've done any lockdown gardening. So what do you think you would do if you had no trash collection and no recycling now? In Malawi, burying their plastic rubbish is pretty much the only option they have, and it's causing the country quite some issues. On today's episode, hear from George Berthon from Clean and Proud Malawi. Clean and Proud's hoping to do something about the plastic waste issue and create jobs and even products from what would have been waste plastic. I started off with George's background as he actually studied environmentalism. Yes, so I uh, studied in conservation ecology uh, as a master's um, and since then I've been in, in Africa uh, running conservation programs, working as a safari guide and in the tourism sector as, as lodge managers. Um, uh, now we're, we've moved on to the, the, trying to clean up the plastic waste. Of which there's quite a bit. Absolutely, yeah. So sadly, the, well, I mean, you can imagine at home, you probably produce one or two uh, big bin liners of rubbish every week. Luckily, there's a very saintly person that comes around once a week and picks it up, takes it off to wherever it goes, and then the next week the same thing happens. Sadly, in Malawi, there is no saintly person collecting that bag of rubbish outside your house, and they don't really have much option. The main thing that people do is either just chuck it out the window, chuck it out up the side of the street on the road, or they bury a pit in their backyard and bury the plastic waste or burn it. Uh, Yeah, they don't have much of an option, sadly. As as you guys in the West, there's there's a nice man that comes and picks it up, or lady. (laughs) And I suppose we we do take that for granted, but we've learned quite recently that actually, you know, out of sight, out of mind for some of us, a lot of that trash was exported to China, Malaysia, Indonesia, causing issues there. So the option that you've come up with you set up clean and proud back in 2018 didn't you to find a way that would solve this plastic pollution and create jobs in malawi absolutely um the the waste problem in malawi is is, is very serious there's severe health impacts that um that inevitably happen Uh, people burn the plastic around them uh, for cooking um, they build pooling of water that's uh, lead to potential um, increase in malaria. Um, they steam cassava, they steam rice using plastics. 
So it's, it's quite important that something is done about this because it's only going to get the consumption of plastics only going to increase as it becomes more available to more people. And we've created Clean and Proud as a solution. We're trying to offer this service of collecting people's waste and giving them that another option than just burning it or burying it in their garden. You know, we've, we've actually, in our latest workshop, we dug a hole just to see what we'd find. And there were just layer upon layer of plastic from the previous tenants who were just, you know, they've run out of space in the garden. <laughs> it's quite sad, really. Yeah. Yeah. And that's obviously causing ecological problems, it being in the ground, like you say, causing issues with stagnant water, which is a big health risk, especially in a country which it, you've said is incredibly hot and wet but i do speak to you and it's 34 degrees currently in the yeah you guys are, are getting a heat wave and we're, we're actually in the coming out of winter and um, up in the north it's quite mountainous and elevated and where i, I live now is, is actually quite cold at night um, so i'm envious of your 35 degree heat wave i'm trying to imagine like a cool mountainous breeze over me now but there's nothing it's like a hair hot hair dryer that's one of the things, actually, is obviously this, this temperature as we go into the summer, this, the mosquito season, and uh, as, as we were saying, with the pooling of water, with plastics blocking drainage ditches, etc., and a very high rainfall, um, a breeding ground from this, uh, the mosquitoes that breed in those waters to, and, and eventually spread the disease of malaria, which is a big problem in this country. Yeah. And it's something that we don't really consider here, but it's one of the things that I've learned doing this podcast, that everything's kind of interconnected. You could think, oh, well, why aren't you sorting out malaria or cholera or something? But actually everything's everything's kind of intermingled, you know? This plastic pollution causes another another issue for the communities. So I wanted to ask about who you employ because you have a few link-ups with sort of uh, tourism, uh, taking away their plastic, but also teams go out and and find this plastic literally on the roadside. And what exactly do you collect as well? So absolutely, we have teamed with a load of uh, businesses in, in the city and outside of the city in the rural areas that do tourism. Um, and they're very uh, helpful. They, they sort their own waste out and bring it to us, the plastic waste, and we deal with it, deal with it for them by recycling it. Um, but obviously that only scratches the surface. With all this plastic lying around all over the place, there's, there, that's where our ladies... Um, we have a team of ladies that go out and collect this waste um, around the city and they bring it back to our workshop and clean it. And then um, there's a whole process of converting it into a, a long-life plastic sheet, a sturdy, strong, long-life sheet um, that's then converted into, into our product range. Um, and it's, it's, we would, at the beginning when we set it up, we wanted to do everything. We wanted to uh, fix all the problems. But... Um, to do the PET plastic bottles, that's another issue, um, you need the machinery. Uh, you need a shredding machine and a compression mold and a compression oven to be able to compress it into solid product, um, such as, say, I don't know, surfboard fin. Um, what we found was um, that the immediate things that we could do with very basic um, processing and equipment was the single-use plastics, so the plastic bags, um, the ones that you get with the grocery, the ones that you get with your shopping and also all the packaging that comes um, and that's what we're focusing on at the moment is getting rid of the, the single-use plastics the um, polyethylene plastic bag it's the sort of light um, flexible stuff yeah, uh, the sort of bags that your bread comes in I don't know in Europe if you get the uh, much milk that comes in a bag but uh, out here we get milk mostly comes in little plastic bags 
um, and you've got uh, the, the tight roll wrappings, nappy wrappings. I mean, there's, the list is endless, really, but most things come in packaging, and most of that packaging we can use, and all the plastic bags. Here in the markets, when you go shopping, you cannot get a single product, no matter what it is, without a small, tiny little grocery plastic bag. And usually when uh, you get a little treat, like a mandasia, a little, a little bun, uh, you'll, uh, or a samosa or something, it'll come with a plastic bag, and you'll see the person grab the plastic bag, eat the product, and eat the food, and then just, just chuck it <laughs> uh, and into the dish. Of course, because that's what everyone else does. Well, there's no, there's no bin. No <laughs> Where's the bin? Uh, for the bin, I'll go put it in the bin, but there's no bin. Um, and that's, that's one of the things we're trying to do is uh, certainly sideline for the future, uh, and hopefully as soon as possible when we can get the funding, is to supply bins from areas within the market areas, particularly where all these mandasis and treats are sold, and actually provide a number of bins, but do an awareness program at the same time and explain that... Uh, the negative impacts that plastic has on the human health, but also the, the environment and all the rest of it, but at the same time explain that we, our teams, will go around and collect every day. If they use them, we will collect. Um, and that they, if they want a nice clean market and want to attract more people into the market, then um, that service will be there for them if they want it, and hopefully they will, they will actually use it because it will attract. It'll attract more people if, if it's a nice clean market because there's not many clean markets in Malawi. Um, so as soon as you get a clean market, hopefully they'll see the, the positives business-wise um, in terms of they will get more customers coming through. Yeah. And talking about um, business, tourism is big business for Malawi. We're speaking during a COVID-19 outbreak. How has it affected communities yeah, it's, there? It's very sad, sad to see that um, the tourism sector has just completely died, completely died, um, which is, I mean, expected considering there's no international travel. But uh, a lot of there's a lot of knock-on effects. So you may have your lodge that um, obviously employs a lot of people that directly, but actually the indirect effects of the shopping every week, the mechanics that are used to fix the cars, the uh, the carpenter in the town that's used to fix the window panes, that's used to make the baby cribs for, for guests that have babies. I mean, there's a whole list, and it, it has had a big knock-on effect in in the whole country as effect. Um, has lost a major sector that, that provides for the country. Well, hopefully things will get back to normal and it seems like outbreak-wise in terms of sickness, it is not that bad there and you've got exactly the same kind of social distancing and masks and uh, anti-back rules that we have here. Although you found a way using one of the products that Clean and Proud make to kind of get around the single-use plastic of... Uh, of uh, the anti-back gel, haven't you? Know, that was, that was one of bag. our pet eights, was the, was the antibacterial gels, because they all come in a tiny little bottle and they come in a tiny amount. But we, we developed a hand soap purse uh, pouch that's uh, the size of a, you know, a standard soap. And um, they're perfect for, even if you're traveling, uh, they're perfect if you want to catch the bus but have a shower before, you can just put your wet soap inside the little travel purse, put that in your bag. If you're out and about, you put your soap in your tote bag or um, handbag or rucksack, and you've always got your, your soap there ready to wash your hands if you need to. Um, and then you don't have to buy the plastic bottles. <laughs> <laughs> I know, they're so, they're so annoying. Uh, but it's not just soap bags that you make. And actually having a look at the products on the website that are made from all of this waste plastic, I wouldn't have known. I just think this is made, you know, this is a brand new product. 
that you make things like wallets, uh, loads of different kind of bags and things like that. But uh, talk us through some of those. Myself and uh, Beatrice, the, the, our, our, the co-founders of the, of the company, was we had a lot of pet hates with the way society just throws plastic at you. And so a lot of the products have been designed to try and help the consumer reduce their own plastic consumption. For example, obviously the hand um, soaps. But for example, the toiletry bag we made um, has two pockets that are designed specifically for soap. So you've got a shampoo pocket and a, hand, a body soap pocket as well. Uh, or that could be your conditioner and shampoo bar. Um, the other big pet hate was the, um, the single-use plastics bags that are given at all the grocery stores where you, you want to just put all your veg your potatoes, your tomatoes and everything all in a, a bag, but you have to get a separate one to weigh each individual item. Um, and therefore you end up with five or six bags. So uh, we developed the, the produce bag, long life produce bag, but obviously it's, it's, it's a long life bag. You can you put your veggies in it and then you can put it inside your tote bag so it doesn't, uh, maybe a tomato burst, you don't get juice all over your, over your bag. Um, so it's, it's aiming to try and reduce, reduce, help consumers reduce their own plastic consumption or their own single-use plastic consumption, at least. Items from waste plastic before you start. Yeah, completely. And um, you, had, you had no idea how to make plastic <laughs> items from waste plastic before you started. How, how did you work it all out? Absolutely. Well, Beatrice and I were actually so annoyed. We'd taken a bus ride somewhere and people were chucking plastic left, right and centre out the windows. And we said, this is enough. And we asked a few people as well, do you want change? But if there was a system in place to change, would you use it? And they said, yes. So we actually, that night, started looking online at what, you know, what can you do with a single-use plastics? And um, all the information is on YouTube, um, where people have, to, and blogs and stuff, and they've done their own way of doing it and there's a number of ways you can do it but um we we ended up with a finding out a process precious plastics were very useful i don't know if uh, anyone's ever been on them but they they give a lot of help to a lot of people in terms of the plastic issue and, and people to do their own startups and things um but it did take a, a while to refine the the process to get what we've got today and uh, each time we get a brainwave idea we put into place and usually it makes the the plastic uh, the end plastic that comes out of it, the long life plus, uh, plastic, a smoother, nicer finish and, and more sturdy and strong. So we've now got a really nice uh, nice finish and a really strong plastic at the end of it, this long life. Yeah, it's amazing. And you you talk about raising awareness. You also run a nursery as well. Was that something important for Clean and Proud to do? Absolutely. So Malawi is a developing country. Most often in developing countries, um, women empowerment issues are, are rife and uh, we found that women particularly really struggled to complete their schooling um, and often are left with no job. There's the ex expectation that all a woman does is stay at home and look after the kids and that's it. So we, we did have a focus on women empowerment and we still, that's one of our big ethic, ethical ground marks and we uh, support the women we employ in every way, shape and possible. And one of the ways is actually helping them to be able to um, have their family but also uh, maintain a job and, and hold a job as well and we actually just did um, some interviews with the staff to see what they felt about the nursery because it's quite a new initiative we've started um, to see how they felt it was going and if there were any improvements they can think of uh, and they all said look if, if it wasn't there we would have had to have quit by now um, wow. there's, there's no way we could continue if, if we couldn't bring our kids to 
um, to the nursery, then, then, then we would have had to have stayed home. Like there's three that don't have other family that are around all the time they can leave their children with. Um, and it's also awesome. It, it's a really nice vibe we've got in the, in the workshop. And they're very cute, the kids. <laughs> and they're coming, <laughs> getting up to mischief. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys have only been running since about 2018. So have you already noticed a difference in terms of the community of people that you're working with and the plastic issue and awareness? Absolutely. We've done uh, outreach and awareness is half the job. Cleaning it up is never going to fix the problem unless people are aware of what's going on. So that's one big factor that we try and focus on is it's awareness and outreach. But again, it's it's an extra cost um, and we, we do it when we have the finance available. Uh, I think we've done six so far in uh, local schools and local areas. Um, and those every group we've done it with, they've, they've actually started their own initiative to collect the plastic and we collect from them as well afterwards um, as a project, a little school project they do. Um, and it's it's vital to get people to really understand the impact. I think the difficulty is in Malawi previous, only not so long ago, it was all biodegradable packaging. It was banana leaves, newspaper, things like that, things like that that actually biodegrade uh, and, and don't have the impact. So chucking it away on the street was not really a, no one thought too, anything about it. And then suddenly overnight these plastic bags come in and people are doing the same thing and no one's really made anyone aware of what, impacts that has and what actually in terms of their own community health uh, what impacts it could have yeah and it's so funny because we're spending so much money on trying to get back to exactly what they had there a few years ago here in the west of products that aren't plastic that are made from natural natural plants it's it's ridiculous how how foolish humanity can look yeah and the sad thing is is obviously the developing nations look to the developed nations as the golden achievement that's what we want to be and when it catches up, they'll all be trying to get back to where they were. And it's, um, yeah, it is, it's, a, it's a strange paradox, that one. So if people are listening and they want to head and have a look at your products, what's the website that they can have a little look at? And uh, do you deliver? <laughs> so we, we've just set up the website, um, which is www.cleanandproud-recycling.com. And uh, yeah, we, we work with DHL. Uh, global and it's it's actually a very quick turnaround um, from the order uh, depending on the size of the order we might have to have a day or two of manufacture but usually we have stock in, in um, and it's usually between four and six day turnaround but during covid obviously they've had special circumstances it's never been they say up to 10 days it's never it hasn't been over 10 days door to door um so far so it's quite a quick quick service and it's global to every single country it uh, doesn't matter where you're from, you can still buy with us. <laughs> and the kind of things you'll be funding as well, because you've got a few pu- future projects uh, in the works, including one to use PET plastic bottles, turn them into something, but also something that's going to be more at the price point of local Malawians. Is that right? Absolutely. So uh, obviously we want to deal with PET and we will have to uh, raise funds to be able to develop the right machinery for that um, to happen. Um, but that's been put on the back burner until we've got the cash for that. Um, and the the other thing is community involvement, I think, is critical um, because it actually gives people a sense that the plastic waste isn't just waste. It has some form of value to it. So instead of chucking it on the street or burying it in my garden, I might as well put it in a sack and get some reward for it. Um, and that's one big thing we need to develop. Um, we've got our team of, of excellent sailors 
uh, on a, a um, project to try and develop a, a product that Malawians will be wanting to use day in, day out, um, that can be made from, from recycled plastics. There's only so many Malawians that will buy a tote bag. Sadly, it's a very poor uh, country and people don't have the finance that you have in Europe to just go and buy these fancy things. Um, so we need to develop something that's very basic, very cheap to, to produce, um, and then we can get them involved. And we also, at the same time as that, want to set up um, reward stations where we, we, around the city where we collect people's waste and pay them per kilo that they, they give us, and they can get a reward for it. And therefore, when that happens, you'll see... People actually, instead of just chucking it away or burning it or uh, burying it in the garden, they'll actually bring it to a station and get a monetary reward for, for doing that. Yeah, which sounds amazing. And you were explaining as well to me that that would make such a difference to one of the main markets in Malawi, where unfortunately there's quite a large pile of rubbish at the moment. Ab- absolutely. Um, the, 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 the council service, there's, there's, there is a council service, but they, they um, got donated a single truck to um, clear the waste up of over a million people. And sadly, obviously, it's overworked, overrun and isn't looked after properly. So it's broken half the time. Um, and on top of that, they've run out of funds to pay the um, employees to, they haven't paid them for three months. So there's a backlog of, of waste that's just built up in the middle of it's a dump site in the middle of the main market where people are on the floor selling their onions and their tomatoes on the floor next to the rubbish and it, you can smell it from a good kilometer away it's, it's really not pretty and that's that's why we need to we need to be doing what we're doing and, and expand and make it big enough to have have the impact that is, is needed for that city and then when we've managed to get the system large enough in that city we can expand to other areas yeah. And it's such a shame, isn't it, that that's, that's the only only small amount of facility that the, that the local government's been able, able to sort out. So it really is down to, down to these kind of projects to create jobs and to try and solve the problem. Absolutely. Um, and I think once you generate a bit of, a bit of value to the, to the waste itself, then it, it escalates in a, in a way that's, that will have a meaningful impact as well. So it's not just relying on a government to that's poorly funded as it is to uh, come up with with solutions to a problem that's um, it's, it's a long it's been a long time problem and it will it will it'll take a lot to fix it completely. But um, yeah, their their impact on the whole situation is uh, has, has a bit more need. <laughs> it needs to have uh, a bit more put in to be able to actually have an impact. Um, sadly. Completely. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, but I'm not going to let you go before asking the two important questions we always ask our guests. Um, plastic is a good item. You know, it's durable. It's not going anywhere, like you've just said. But when using it in the wrong way and disposing of it in the wrong way, wherever we happen to live in the world. Um, but do you have a favourite plastic item, just to prove we're lovers, not haters? Uh, absolutely. There's, there's, As you said, plastic has so many positives to it. It's, it's the way we use it and the way we dispose of it that's the, that's the issue. Um, but for me, um, there's a number of, of items that are exceptionally good. The biggest, one of the biggest pet hates I have, um, well, I've got two actually. Uh, the first one I've is, well, I've got yeah, two main ones. The first one is the, is the grocery bag at the shopping, uh, the supermarket that makes you put different items of vegetables you want in those tiny little things you get so you have to have three or four different bags for your one shop um so we've 
for, for that, there's, there's many companies that do it, but we've also made one as well. It's the long life produce bag that you can take and put everything in. And the second one is cigarette butts. Having used to be a, a smoker myself, uh, used to, oh, it irritates me. It's still that I don't smoke anymore and managed to quit, boo boo. Um, but uh, it still annoys me. And those cigarette butts, we've actually started recycling those to my, the best, the best thing we've done so far. And we've made some prototypes of laptop cases. And I just made myself a laptop case um, as a prototype. And that's my that's my new favorite um, product, which will come out soon. Uh, if you follow the website, you'll see it come out soon. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And just finally, your environmental hero, George. Ah, it's got to be Sir David Attenborough. Big Dave. Big Dave. He is a true hero. Um, I think we all saw the impact that he has on the planet um, just by the the um, Blue Planet Two series two that came out, and after that, everyone was. Just talking about the issue everyone was saying we need to do more that's when all these uh, environmentalists came and, and really rallied up together um, and I think it was he was the catalyst for that he was the key the key point for um, and has been for years um, in terms of driving people's awareness but also their passion for change Huge thanks to George from Clean and Proud Malawi, who not only recorded one podcast with me, but two, as the first one didn't record. I make this such hard work, sometimes I cannot tell you. And a thank you to George and to Beatrice, who organised this chat as well. Find out more about the project in Malawi by heading to Clean and Proud's website and check out their products as well. Clean and Proud Recycling. Dot com is the website and as always I'll put that in the show notes wherever you are listening right now. We learned in our episode with Dan Webb from Everyday Plastic that so much of our recycling is sent abroad. If you're unsure of what you can stick in your curbside collection then you can head to Recycle Now for a great online guide plus I'll put Dan's episodes in the show notes as well. Okay, Eco Life Hack George brought it up. Soap. Everyone's been told to wash their hands a lot more frequently right now. The bar soap will kill the protein in the COVID-19 germ just as well as any soap that comes out of a pump. Spoiler, I'm on holiday right now. I'm not at one of those hotels with miniatures. Obviously not. I know better these days. Uh, But if they have any bars of soap, you can bet your bottom dollar they're coming home with me because that's my favourite thing to take from hotels now. Something I'll actually use. Um, So yeah, that's my eco life hack for today. Steal soap. No, no. Use bars of soap. Yes, that's what I wanted to say. Right, coming up on the next episode of the Age of Plastic podcast, next week I'm going to be chatting to Nicole Herridge from Stitcher.co. This is stitcherwithanA.co.uk, all about sustainable interiors. I'll see you next time on the Age of Plastic podcast. Hold up. 